Portions of the following program may be pre-recorded. The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. Do you drink deeply of Jesus? Will you come to the water of life? You will never thirst again. Let all who are thirsty come to Him. Will you drink deeply of Jesus? Will you come to the water of life? You will never thirst again. Let all who are thirsty come to Him. Come and draw from the well of salvation. Be made clean, let Him wash you in truth. He is the fountain of living water. Come and be made new. Will you drink deeply of Jesus? Will you come to the water of life? You will never thirst again. Let all who are thirsty come to Him. He can refresh you in the desert where your sin left you lost on the brink. He is the fountain of living water. Come to Him, dear sinner, and drink. water of life you will never thirst again let all who are thirsty come to him will you drink deeply of Jesus will you come to the water of life you will never thirst again let all who are thirsty been lost in the wilderness, chasing nothing but sin and death. He is the fountain of living water. Come to Jesus and live. Will you drink deeply of Jesus? Will you come to the water of life? You will never thirst again. Let all who are thirsty come to Him. Will you drink deeply of Jesus? Will you come to the water of life? You will never thirst again. Let all who are thirsty come to Him. Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Ray Greenley from the National Prayer Chapel. Don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people, and your God, my God. 
Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if anything but death separates you and me. When Naomi realized that Ruth was determined to go with her, she stopped urging her to return to her own home. Sometimes in barrenness, we make very, very brave choices. Ruth had lost everything. She'd lost her husband, her sister-in-law. And now, she voluntarily chooses to leave her family. She has no money. She has no way to earn money. She is barren. Barrenness has always been feared in the culture. Famine, starvation. People die of starvation. If you can't eat, you can't live. If you can't drink the water, you can't live. So barrenness is a crippling situation. A woman who is barely making it on a horse farm. Her husband has not been working very much. Carpenter by trade. And then discovers that her husband is diagnosed with stage four cancer. And now what does she do? She has children. She can't afford to rent an apartment in town. She probably will not be able to make the mortgage on her her horse farm. She's at the end of a rope. She is barren. Who will help? What does she do? Where does she go? Or a man, almost 20 years of marriage, discovers he has stage four cancer. He has a wife, a child. What does he do? Where does he turn? He's dying. He knows he's dying. He knows he's barren. Oh, he has money, but he can't take any money with him. How does he make sure his son is all right? Twenty years of marriage. The wife is diagnosed with stage four cancer, cancer of the liver. Barren. How do we face the barrenness in our hearts and in our lives? How do we face losing people we love and cherish 
How do you deal with knowing you can't continue? You're at the end of your rope. And there seems no way out. Some of you are in that place today. Your wife is sick. Your husband is sick. Your child is sick. You've lost your job. Where do you go? What do you do? Well, go to the doctors. But the doctors throw up their hands and say, We can't do anything to help you. You're at the end of your line. Put your affairs in order. This is where Ruth is. She is leaving Moab. Moab means a place of death. Lot's daughter thought it was all over, so she got her daddy drunk and had intercourse with him and produced an ancestral child, and that child grew up to be the nation of Moab. What does she do? She could go home to her family, but she makes a braver decision. She goes with Ruth. And Ruth is on her way walking to Bethlehem, meaning house of bread. She knows there's bread there, but she has no means of purchasing that bread. So for all she knows, she is going with Ruth. Naomi is going with Ruth to starve in the house where there's supposed to be bread. What should she do? We're faced with hard choices. And the choice seems like a no-win no matter what we do. But we bravely set our course. We need to be informed of what our choices are. Even if it feels like you have no choice, you have a choice. So Naomi, with her daughter-in-law, they go back to Bethlehem. They arrive in Bethlehem, and the whole town is stirred up because of them. The women say, can this be Naomi? And Naomi says to them, call me Mara, because the Almighty has made my life bitter. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. Don't call me Naomi. The Lord has afflicted me. The Almighty has brought misfortune upon me. Now it's in the midst of this that Ruth steps up and she says, Let me go to the fields, and I'll pluck the leftover grain behind anyone who shows me favor. 
And Naomi says to her, Go ahead, my daughter. And she went out and began to glean in the fields behind the harvesters. As it turned out, she found herself working in a field belonging to Boaz, who was her kinsman redeemer. She didn't know what a kinsman redeemer could possibly be. Now, Naomi is not completely honest with her daughter. She knows that Naomi knows that Ruth is in grave danger. Men could molest her. She's a beautiful woman. They could harm her. They could beat her up. They could kick her out of the field and curse her and send her flying because she's not Jewish. She's Moab. She's a Moabite. But she's made a brave choice. As it turns out, a choice directed by the God of heaven. Now, please hear me. Even when it seems like we are utterly barren and broken, Jesus is still with us. And in the midst of that, we have to make a decision about what we're going to do with Jesus. And Ruth is going to find out what Jesus can do. Well, she's in in the field. She's in Boaz's field. She asks permission to gather the sheaves behind the harvesters. And Boaz arrives. A very wealthy man. I don't know if he was middle-aged or older, but he's not a young man. And he immediately sees this beautiful woman out there working in his field. And he says, Whose young woman is that? The foreman replies, she's the Moabitess who came back from Moab with Naomi. She said, please let me glean and gather among the sheaves behind the harvesters. She went into the field and she's worked steadily from morning till now, except for a short rest in the shade. In other words, she's a worker. So Boaz walks across the field. I'm sure I'm sure Ruth saw him coming through the corner of her eye. And he's well-dressed. He's obviously wealthy. He walks out across the field. He does not go to his own servants who are working in his field. Instead, comes directly to Ruth. Ruth with downcast eyes. Shy. And Boaz says, my daughter... Listen to me. Don't go and glean in another field, and don't go away from here. Stay here with my servant girls. Watch the field where the men are harvesting, and follow along behind them after the girls. I've told the men not to touch you. And whenever you're thirsty, go and get a drink from the water from the men where they filled the jars. Woo! 
That's amazing. She's a Moabitess. She's unclean. He's a Jew. And yet he's saying, go drink. Go drink deeply from the water. The first thing in a, in a crisis that Jesus is going to say to you, stay here and go get a drink. Take care of yourself. She bowed down with her face to the ground. And she said, why have I found such favor in your eyes that you even notice me, a foreigner? And Boaz exposes the fact that he knows all about her and what happened. Her husband dies. He also knows how kind she has been to Naomi. May the Lord repay you for your for what you have done. May may you be richly rewarded by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. Now here's the question. Whose wings have you taken refuge under? Have you tried tried to take refuge under the doctor? Have you tried to take refuge under the insurance policy? Where have you begun to settle? Well, it's clear that Ruth, this beautiful young woman, has decided to settle under the wings of the Lord God of heaven. And he's directed her to go to Boaz's field with him as her kinsman redeemer, and she doesn't even know what that means. She has taken refuge in a field of hard work. At mealtime, Boaz says to her, Come here. I'm sure she didn't even think he was talking to her. But he said it again, come here. Have some bread and dip it in the wine vinegar. In other words, here's lunch. Help yourself to all you want of lunch. You've been working hard. So she sat down with the harvesters and he offered her some roasted grain She ate all she wanted and that some was left over. And then she got up to glean again. And Boaz gives orders. Leave some grain behind intentionally that she can pick it up. Now, I want you to know this is not easy work. This is hard work. Her fingers are being pierced by the sharp edges of the of the straw. She's gathering all she can. She knows they have to survive. So it's not enough to just gather what she needs for herself. She's also gathering for her mother-in-law Ruth. I'm sorry, Naomi. 
Well, she threshed the barley that she'd gathered that day, and it amounted literally to about three-fifths of a bushel. That was a lot. She'd worked very hard in the hot sun. She carried it back to town. And when her mother-in-law saw how much she had gathered, and that Ruth also brought out the grain that they had given her to eat, that Boaz had given her, her mother-in-law asked her, Where did you glean today? Where did you work? Blessed be the man who took notice of you. Naomi knows that you can't go out in the field and gather this much grain accidentally. She knows, first of all, it's taken many hours of hard work. She sees the sweat and the dirt. She sees the bloodied fingers. But she also knows that there had to be someone blessing her. There's always someone who will be blessing you. In the depths of your misery, someone will be blessing you if you have come to take refuge under the wings of the Almighty God of heaven. Ruth told her mother-in-law about the one whose place where she'd been working. The name of the man I worked with today is Boaz. The Lord bless him, Naomi said to her daughter-in-law. He has not stopped showing his kindness to the living or the dead. Naomi knows this is a miracle. This is an act of kindness that is beyond the pale. No one should have given one thought of respect for Ruth. She is a Moabitess. She is considered unclean, cast out. And again, Ruth tells her she is our kinsman redeemer. So each day, Naomi tells Ruth, yes, go. Don't go to another field or you might be harmed. Be careful where you go. And after the harvest was in, and now the threshing of the whole harvest takes place, and there's a huge pile of grain in the area for threshing. My daughter, Naomi says, should I not try to find a home for you where you will be provided for? Is not Boaz with whom you've been harvesting? Is he not our kinsman redeemer? Now tonight, wash and perfume yourself. Put on your best clothes. Then go down to the threshing floor. And don't let him know you're there until he has finished eating and drinking. When he lies down, note the place where he is lying. Then go when he's in a good mood. 
go and uncover his feet and lie down beside his feet. And he will tell you what to do. Wow. Terrifying. Putting it all on the line. I want to tell you, until you have put it all on the line with Jesus, you can't go lie down at his feet. And you won't go and just lie down at the feet of Jesus one time. You will go many times and lie down at the feet of Jesus, for he is your kinsman redeemer. Lie down at Jesus' feet. How do you uncover his feet? You give him all the promises he's made to you in the scriptures. Jesus, this is what the promise says. Mark 11, 23 and 24. Command this mountain to be cast into the depths of the sea. And if you have faith, it will be done for you. Lord, I command the brokenness of my body. Lord, I command, if you have cancer, I command this cancer to be cast into the depths of the sea. Whatever it is, whatever your need is, you lie at the feet of Jesus, humble. You think it didn't humble her heart, this beautiful woman, to lie down at the feet of this man? It humbled her that she dressed in her best clothes. She presented herself in the best way she could. Jesus, I've been following you. I've been trusting in you these years. You've been the one who has carried me. Thank you, Jesus. And now in my time of great need, I come and I lay down at your feet, Jesus. And I say, Jesus, cover me with your garment. Cover me with your garment. In your utter brokenness, in your barrenness, where you don't know where to turn next. You've been told, go to Jesus and lay down at his feet. Go to the throne room of God and lay there and quote the promises from Scripture. By his stripes, I am healed. And all the other Old and New Testament Wonderful promises of God. You uncover his feet. And you say, spread the corner of your garment over me. You are my kinsman redeemer. Those promises make him your kinsman redeemer. 
So you don't know which way to go? Go to Jesus. Lay at his feet. Quote the promises to him. Lay your hand on the Bible on that particular promise. I've spent a lot of time with my hand on Mark 11. If you saw the page, you'd see it's it's soiled from the many times I've laid my hand on the Bible at Mark 11. And I stand by faith that my kinsman redeemer will respond to my plea and he will cover me. He will cover me with his promises. Boaz has certainly had time with with Ruth. I'm sure he's looked at her and seen how beautiful she is. He cares. No, I'm not beautiful, but to Jesus I am. I'm his son. I'm his servant. He has extended a great deal of mercy and kindness to me through the years in those impossible places, and I've been in many of them. He's come and he's spread his garment over me. He's been my kinsman redeemer. He's been my brother. He's been my father. He's been my redeemer. I'm in a place now where I'm barren. I can't save myself. I can't repair. I can't repair my body. Oh, but I'm laying at the feet of Jesus and I'm quoting with my hand on the Bible. I am quoting the promises of God and I'm standing on them by faith. I will not be turned aside. He is my kinsman redeemer. And I obligate him by his promises that he has made to me. Oh, do you get the picture? Regardless of how barren you may feel, regardless of how hopeless your situation looks, go lay at the feet of Jesus. Now, what is beside the feet of Jesus? A huge stack of grain, food. The water jars are there. Everything you're going to need, Jesus has provided for you already. You just have to lay at his feet and not move. Not move. Last night, getting along toward bedtime, I suddenly felt utter utterly overwhelmed with despair. The self-recrimination, the mistakes. Why should Jesus help me? My heart is cold. I was told, you don't even love Jesus. 
And yet you think he's going to help you? You don't love Jesus? And then I knew it was the devil lying to me. And my heart began to soar. And I began to praise Jesus and worship him. I began to say, I don't care what the circumstances look like. I know what this promise says. And I know my Savior whom I lie at his feet. I know who he is. I've known him for years. I do love him with all of my heart. Satan, get out of here. You're a liar. I know what my heart loves. And my heart loves Jesus Christ. And no matter what the circumstances are, I'm going to continue to love Jesus Christ. So in the midst of my current barrenness, I lie at the feet of my Redeemer. And I wait upon his promises. Now, This is what happened. Who are you, he asks. I am your servant, Ruth. Jesus may ask you, who are you? I am your servant, Ray. Spread the corner of your garment over me, Ruth says. Since you are my kinsman redeemer, she claims her place with Boaz. You've got to claim your place with Jesus. The Lord bless you, my daughter. This kindness is greater than that which you showed earlier. You've not run after the younger men, whether rich or poor. And now, my daughter, don't be afraid. I will do for you all that you ask. Now, there's another person involved who has a claim on her. And you may have the devil's claim on you because you have made mistakes or sins that you have not repented of. Your heart may have been filled with unbelief or anger or bitterness. There's another claim on you. Stand by faith that Boaz, that Jesus will do for you what he has claimed, what you have asked him to do. He will finish this and he will finish it quickly. He'll meet with whoever has a claim on you and he will have that claim canceled. Nobody's going to stand in the way of Boaz. No demon is going to stand in the way of Jesus Christ. And then he says, bring me the shawl you're wearing and hold it. He poured six measures of barley in that shawl, and then he helped her position it to carry it home to Naomi. And he went off to town. He's got business to do. Jesus has business to do for you and for me. And sometimes we may think it's taking time. That's okay. 
I can wait. I don't have any place to go except the feet of Jesus. Praise and worship the name of Jesus. He's the one we wait upon. Wait, my daughter, says Naomi, until you find out what happens. For the man will not rest until the matter is settled today. Jesus is not going to rest. He's not going to wait. He's going to immediately do what he needs to do to make arrangements as the kinsman redeemer of your life. Now, please hear me. You may say, but it's impossible, Pastor. No, it's not. Nothing is impossible for God. For him who believes, nothing is impossible. God can do anything he wants to do. He is God. Your situation is not impossible. He already has a solution in mind. And as soon as you're lying down at his feet and totally given over to him, sanctified and holy, given to him, he immediately will go to work. And part of it will be the finishing of the sanctifying work that he's doing in your life. And anyone demon who has a claim on you, or anyone else who has a claim on you, he will get it straightened out quickly. Will you lie at Jesus' feet and just humbly say, Lord, Lord, your promises say you're my kinsman redeemer. I need you, Jesus. I need you now. He will not turn you away. He will not turn you away. He will take you in his arms. And he will begin to do what is necessary to clear the way to change your barren situation. And he will bless your holy name. You will bless his holy name. Because you will see that Jesus keeps his word. And his promises are cash in the bank. You can trust him. Now, I'm saying that in a situation where I'm barren. I'm broken. And I'm lying at the feet of Jesus because I've been there so many other times. And every time he's been faithful, he has lifted me out of that place of utter despair and hopelessness. He has provided for me financially. He has moved and changed my situation. Now, that doesn't mean that the husband is not going to die. Jesus has the big picture in mind. He has in mind what he's going to do for you to change your situation. And that may require some very painful things happening. 
But now the question is, will he give you the right decisions to make the right choices? And will he marshal the right people and things in your life to rescue you, to redeem you? And I'm telling you today, yes, yes, he will. Boaz does what is necessary. And then Boaz announced to the elders and all the people, Today you are witness that I have bought from Naomi all the property of Elik, Kilon, and Milan. I have acquired Ruth the Moabitess, Milan's widow, as my wife, in order to maintain the name of the dead with his property. And then celebration. <laughs> celebration! And they say to him, the elders, they say to him, may the Lord make the woman who is coming into your home like Rachel and Leah, who together build up the house of Israel. May you have standing and be famous in Bethlehem. To the offspring the Lord gives you by this young woman, may your family be like that of Perez. They bless him. And Boaz took Ruth. She became his wife. He went to her, and the Lord enabled her to conceive, and she gave birth to a son. Now, this was not just any son. Naomi took the child, laid him in her lap, and cared for him. Grandma is going to be the best grandma in the world. She's no longer downcast. She has a child in her lap. She has provision. She has a place to live. They name him Obed. And Obed was the father of Jesse, the father of King David. Amazing. This is what God did because a woman was willing to go and lie at his feet. You'll be amazed at what God will do if you will just lie at the feet of Jesus. Humble your heart. Don't stand with your hand out for Jesus to give you something. Go lay at his feet. And say, Jesus, will you cover me with your garment? Will you give me your promises and make them true? And God will do it. I hope this message has caused you to make a decision. The decision I want you to make is to give up your misery, give up your hopelessness, give up your busyness, and go lie at the feet of Jesus and say, please, Jesus, cover me. I can't make it without you, Jesus. I'm barren. 
I desperately need you. Please come. I love you, Jesus. I trust you. That's where I am with Jesus today. I'm trusting him. I'm loving him. And he will do what he has promised me. He will do. Ready to pray? Lord Jesus, you are our kinsman redeemer. And when the situation looks barren, we have no means to survive. We have no means to take care of ourselves. We have no means to save our loved ones. We're just raw, down to bare bones, where the rubber hits the road. This is real, not fantasy. Jesus, we can't make it on our own. Something has to happen in our hearts and our lives or we're not going to survive this. We're going to fall in despair and hopelessness, and the devil will come and carry us away to his kingdom. We refuse to go, Jesus. We have come in the midst of the night, in the midst of the darkness. We have come dressed in our best, perfumed with grace, with trust, with love. We have come to lay down at your feet and wait for you to wake up, wait for you to come and recognize our desperate situation. And we're going to cry aloud. We're going to... Spare not. We're going to cry aloud the name of Jesus. And we're going to wait upon you, our Lord. We know that only you can rescue us. And Lord, some today have settled down in Naomi's house of despair without much to eat or to drink, not much Not much to give us any hope. But that's not where you are, Jesus. You're down where the harvest is. And you've said, come. Lie down at my feet. So, Lord, I come today with brothers and sisters. And we humble our hearts before you. Some of us need a relationship to work. Some of us need a job. Some of us need to be healed of our sickness, of our brokenness. We've worked as hard as we can. And there's nothing we can do to rescue ourselves. 
Some of us have bloody fingers from working so hard trying to rescue ourselves. But you've been watching. Now, Lord, we come and lay at your feet. Please, Lord, make us alive with you, Jesus. Stir in our hearts. Cause the fire of the Holy Spirit to begin to burn in our hearts. Don't let us roll off into the darkness of despair and hopelessness. But Lord, bring us to yourself now. We will lie at your feet and we will cry aloud to you, Jesus. For you are our kinsman redeemer. Lord, I just pray today. Would you have your way? Lord, we have a desperate need. We need the gifts of the Holy Spirit to be poured out in the church today. I need the gifts of the Holy Spirit to be poured out in my life. Lord, I'm not going to be satisfied with what's going on. Yes, I need physical healing, but oh Lord, I need much more than physical healing. I need the healing in the Spirit, where you pour out the fullness of your Holy Spirit, that the lost could be saved, that they could be turned back to you, Jesus, and be taught how to lie at your feet and trust your promises. Lord, would you send forth the gifts of your spirit? Would you bring forth honest, true revival and sanctification in holiness and righteousness? Oh, come, Jesus. We're needy people, but our pride stands in the way. Lord, I cast out my pride in the name of Jesus. Oh, Lord. Your name is holy. You are my redeemer. And I say glory, glory, glory to the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, my Lord. Let the National Prayer Chapel lie at your feet as you fulfill the promises you've made to us for revival in America. Thank you, Jesus. I pray in your holy name. Amen. Well, we're just about out of time for today. I urge you to go and lie at the feet of Jesus. Claim the promises of God. Ask him to make you righteous, to sanctify you through and through, to be holy. I'd love to hear from you. You can write to me at the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. That's the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22. One nine five. I also invite you to go to our webpage, nationalprayerchapel.com. Nationalprayerchapel.com. 
Uh, brother, it can't be two minutes. What's our current time? Hello, Mr. Producer. How much time do we have left? We're at two minutes. All right. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I plead with you today for the work of revival to begin right now in the heart of every person listening, that you will draw them to yourself and that you will ignite their hearts with fire of the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, God bless you. You've been listening to Pilgrim's Progress. My name is Ray Greenley. I'll talk to you soon. With